आप सुन रहे हैं वाव कनेक्ट संगम साहित्य और कला का हेलो नमस्ते दिस इज आर वेरी फर्स्ट एपिसोड विच विल बी गिविंग यू एन इन साइट इन टू आर लिटरेचर फेस्टिवल वैल्यू ऑफ वर्ड्स और जानकारी के लिए जुड़े रहे हमारे साथ मैं हूँ निधि और मैं हूँ यवनिका एंड वंस अगेन बिग वेलकम फ्रॉम आर साइड एंड आर फर्स्ट एवर एपिसोड Today we're kicking off our series of interviews by talking with Dr. Sanjeev Chopra who is the honorary curator of the Valley of Words International Literature and Arts Festival and he'll be able to tell you more about what it is that we do annually in Dehradun. Yeah, before so, we start, would you like to give an introduction? Oh no, I would never dare to give an introduction. He's uh, and and Nidhi in fact has interviewed him so there'll be a lovely introduction coming up. Uh, and it's a really lucid interview okay so we'll begin that interview then uh, done by ms nidhi molik with dr sanjeev chopra today i nidhi molik i'm in conversation with uh, the honorary curator of valio words dr sanjeev chopra himself i really don't know how much justice i can do in this limited time to tell you about his vast experience and numerous achievements but to be fair let me begin by saying that dr chopra is currently the director of lal bahadur shastri national academy of administration at mussoorie he is a recipient of the robert mcnamara fellowship of the world bank and the hubert h humphrey fellowship at the university of cornell a visionary he is also the curator of a very successful literature and arts festival held annually in dune valley This fourth edition of Valley of Words has been reimagined due to the prevailing global crisis as we all know. Uh, let's ask him directly as to what has he planned for this year's edition. Sir, welcome and thank you so much for taking out your valuable time. So definitely our listeners would want to know that what is it that you've planned for this year? Uh thank you Nidhi, thank you for a very nice introduction. Uh you know what covid has done is that covid has put a big challenge to all of us in the sense that we have to be physically distant from each other i actually always use the word physical distance rather than social distance because i think that while covid has created a physical distance or has created a physical distance it should not lead to social distancing Very it true. should actually lead to greater intermingling of thought we have more time to connect with each other we've been able to realize the world around us in a in a much better manner than ever before uh, we are more connected to ourselves uh, we have more time to think we have more time to to read books we have more time to to engage in intelligent conversations if we so desire uh, and therefore i think uh, the only limitation which covid has brought to us is is the aspect of physical distancing therefore how do we overcome this physical distancing we overcome it by going online by going hybrid and i think that the virtual is the new real and therefore in that light what the wow uh, sessions this year will be that wherever the person is wherever the authors are wherever the wherever the critics are wherever the poets are wherever the thespians are we can connect with them on a virtual platform and more importantly we can now convey this message to audiences across the world okay. number 1 number 
unlike last year when we were we were not we were not so clear we, we did not put that sort of attention into archiving our content uh, this year because all of it is going to be online therefore the content will also be archived and therefore it's uh, it's history in the making it's history of literature in the making we will be able to connect with many 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 more people for instance the session on hindi or the session on on hindi uh, across the world we'll have uh, professors of hindi coming from china hungary poland you know america and all these places which otherwise we would not have had the you would not have had the resources and to get them all together yes. so every uh, challenge also leads to many opportunities i think intelligent organizations or uh, or organizations which are flexible uh, will be able to not only overcome the covid crisis will be able to emerge stronger and more nimble and uh, perhaps more uh, efficient and also it will be ecologically uh, uh, far better because we'll be connecting on the virtual world Platform, and yes. we'll be able to connect with many 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 more people wonderful and um, so what is more interesting what is more challenging was that physical that you organized that was more challenging or do you find that this is more challenging Being, let's put it like this that they are both very interesting and they are both very interesting because uh, the team that i work with uh, if the team is uh, is able to accept this challenge and take this challenge forward then it's then it's a pleasure to to do uh, what we are doing because last year also you were having the difficulty that you know after all uh, how many people can you physically get into a room and we've had uh, we've had this big problem Uh, and th- this is a problem which all literature festivals have that you know uh, some of the very interesting sessions you have a lot of overcrowding and you can't actually have an intelligent discussion when the crowd swells beyond a certain beyond, number yes. and you've seen it and I've have seen, seen it you I've know seen. that that often in and then some of the, the sessions the holes are bursting you know, the at their seams and yes. therefore so this is this will allow us um, uh, allow us perhaps a, a greater opportunity of connecting many more people and now for, fortunately the new systems that we have whether it is the microsoft teams or cisco or webex or zoom in uh, all these the options of you know uh, live chat and we can also put it across on the youtube live uh, on the vimeo channel and various other channels so i think it's it's going to be very interesting so you're also an avid reader What's the genre that interests you the most? Uh, well, you see, I everything interests me, <laughs> but uh, but look at the moment it is it is uh, contemporary South Asia. Uh, it's writings uh, on South Asia. It's literature in translation uh, into English. A lot of uh, literature uh, in, in Hindi. This is what is interesting. What 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 keeps me very active and very uh, very engaged. and uh, one of the things which happens is that i have to flip through the books which come for the which which are which are nominated to the wow therefore uh, because the books that come to wow come in seven different categories so <laughs> so whether i like it or i don't like it i mean in fact i enjoy all those books i mean starting from writing for young adults to you know literature and translation to some lovely books which have been translated from marathi to hindi I've just uh, finished reading victor toswi Uh, uh, which is actually Mr. R. L. Bhatia's uh, you know, nom de plume. So I mean, a, a whole range of books come up, and I enjoy. I just finished reading History Men. Um, you know, so a whole set of books come up my way. Uh, I'd like to mention here several books to uh, Sir's credit. I'll just name a few. 
he's written something on at the crossroads development discourses in india agri matters 10000 crores besides multitude articles in leading journals and newspapers so how do you find time to do all that you read <laughs> you manage uh, uh, you know uh, see I, i must tell you nidhi you know writing uh, is a skill it's a skill and the more you do it the easier it becomes it then becomes second nature you see it's like you know it's like horse riding or like swimming or like driving or like cooking or like anything else so once it becomes second nature it does not take a lot of time i mean first time when you actually sit down i remember about uh, of course I, i started off as a journalist so it was much easier for me to get into this habit but i do remember that about 10 15 years ago when i used to start my column on agri matters so putting a thousand words together would take me would take me about 3 to 4 hours now it doesn't take me that long i mean it takes me about 2 hours to you know to 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 pen a thousand words and sometimes it takes even less than that so what happens is that the more you practice the more you write the easier it is to to write and therefore my suggestion to all the listeners is that you must write right. and that's true for reading also because once you start reading uh, you know then you start connecting the dots then you start you know looking at things uh, you know you, you get a very holistic picture uh, when you have read a lot because for instance you could be reading a book on the naval history of the country but in the book on the naval history of the country you also get an idea of how the anglo indians uh, grew up in this country you get an idea of how schools were functioning in darjeeling and patna so you get an idea of how uh, we were collaborating with the with the british uh, naval forces you get an idea about you know so so every book that you read connects you to so many other books and and it's it's this and that is why it's always nice to read two three four books at the same time oh my god so i hope the listeners have heard that <laughs> and i'm sure they're going to learn something from this that reading and writing just becomes a habit once you start practicing it uh here let me also tell you that uh, dr chopra before joining the academy he was the additional chief secretary to the government of west bengal in the department of industry commerce and enterprises as well as the director general of the administrative training institute kolkata sir lastly you've already given a message but then still i'm sure the listeners will want to uh, hear more and learn more from you so let's take this opportunity that whatever you would want to tell them a message for well, all think, our young uh, listeners especially uh, you see uh, that's something which i'll again repeat that's part of the vow credo and i think two or three things are very important one is that we must learn to appreciate excellence in others one of the big problems of our country or all over the world is that we are so obsessed with ourselves we we look at we look at the fine qualities that we have or that our organization has that we often tend to overlook the qualities of other individuals and other institutions it's very important for us to recognize and acknowledge the good work which is being done outside our institution and the second point that i wish to state is that literature is all about communication and literature is a communication which transcends time and space because when we are talking we are talking in a particular time frame horizon but when you are reading shakuntalam by kalidas or when you read the shakespeare or when you read tolstoy's war and peace you are connected to a different time space and literature allows you to move into a different time space dimension i think that's the 
beauty of literature so when you read a poem when you read jhansi ki rani khub ladi mardani wo to jhansi wali rani thi so you suddenly transform you suddenly move into 1857 so you can visualize that scene so i think that's what literature does literature transports you to many different worlds it transports you to different time and space zone and therefore if you are writing something if you are writing a poem today if you are doing a sketch today if you are writing a haiku today then you are capturing this time space horizon and this then moves on to eternity so yuvanika there was so much to learn i learned a lot what did you pick up what are your take home points i mean quite a few i think there were a lot of take home points in that interview um a couple of things that i found really interesting number one is that uh, yes we are in the time of a global pandemic and it does require us to take all types of extra cautions but we do need to make the distinction between social distancing as opposed to physical distancing and it is physical distancing that we need not necessarily not being connected to one another we are fortunate to have technology we're fortunate to have cell phones and laptops and as we said it's cell phone courtesy month so stay in touch with people and as far as possible uh, the idea of isolation should be uh, you know as much as possible remain to just the physical aspect and That's not the social aspect you are absolutely right and i second that another thing that really appealed to me was when he said that virtual is the new real now yes it really is it really is how true how true so the entire festival has been redefined mm. thanks to technology as you said yes yes and um, we've had to hybridize the festival which actually is something i'm really looking forward to because i think what's going to happen now is that uh, maybe many of our listeners because they're all over the place uh, and in different geographies they may not have been able to physically come down to dehradun every year but now you don't have to because we'll have all our sessions streamed online all of them archived on various platforms and uh, here i would like to remind the listeners that you're more than welcome to share your views your ideas anything that you would like and yuvanika is going to share the details How of the same yes as nidhi said uh, this is actually a platform we're very excited about we're really looking forward to being able to hear what you have to say So if you have any thoughts or ideas then you can get in touch with us by going to our website which is www.valueofwords.org or you can use the hashtag #wowconnect on any of our social media handles for example on Twitter we are at @wowlitfest that's v o w l i t f e s t and uh, hopefully we'll be able to build a dialogue with all of you in the coming weeks months of doing this podcast and we'll be able to incorporate you into our episodes How wonderful. Yeah. So uh we really look forward to your comments, to your ideas, uh so that we can better ourselves because uh this is our first episode and yes. we <laughs> hope to interact and keep it alive yes. till we hope November. it's not we hope it's not too obvious that it's our first episode but it may well be. But uh with your support we're really we're really quite sure that it's only going to get better and better and we've worked on a really lovely lineup for all of you so hopefully you'll enjoy it um and just to add to what we were discussing i think then as as dr chopra also said you know what happens is that every crisis is also an opportunity that's what exactly i could just share something that i believe in um it's not what we have in life but who we have in our life that matters We've heard it so many times. But if you actually 
introspect and actually delve into the depth of what this means you will perhaps learn to value relationships learn to value each other learn to respect each other and once you respect the person who's standing in front of you i think most of our problems are solved that's i know that's very true but it's also so difficult to do you know it's so hard to do that but i do agree with you that that is maybe the way to go forward and uh, in a sense well uh, this is actually a really good way to bring us back to the interview and to again what dr chopra said about being able to appreciate excellence in others even when you don't well anyway i won't get into that but we have to be able to appreciate excellence in others and as nidhi said when you're able to respect yourself and the person who's standing in front of you regardless of what they may have done uh, that i think is the mark of really having found some kind of wisdom and also because life is full of challenges and struggles yes so if you take it up as a challenge that this is what you're going to do or this is going to be your mantra or you know yes. i think you could be on a path to success on a path to human revolution perhaps yes and of course nobody in life is perfect and there are probably lots of people who think we are not perfect so if we were able to extend understanding to Uh, but anyway uh, this is getting quite philosophical there's one final question that we asked dr chopra so let's return to that and then when we meet you on the other side we'll have the short list for you uh, sir currently you're working on some project can you tell us about the same uh, i'm delighted to share with you that i'm working on a, a, a wonderful project it's called mapping dendent states aspirations assertions and adjustments you see what has happened in this country is that almost every linguistic group every ethnic group is wanting a separate geographical entity which which it can call its own it's also called infranationalism in a very technical sense so what is happening is that everybody aspires for a state they try very hard for it but because of the way the country is organized you know you have Uh, marathi speaking people in karnataka and you have kannad speaking people here and you have hindi speaking people in and in all over it's such a lovely complex that everybody aspires but when you cannot get what you aspire you agree to adjust hmm. and uh, so this is a lovely tale of how you aspire how you assert and how you adjust take nagaland for instance i mean parts of there are there are there, there is a part of naga speaking areas in manipur for example so they want that part but they are happy with nagaland but they are not absolutely happy with nagaland but they were just to like was a punjab for instance they would want chandigarh mm-hmm. the chandigarh will never come to them they want a bahor and fazilka which is which which haryana wants so every state has a dispute with every other state in fact there is a dispute between bengal and odisha every state of this country has a dispute with every other state but all states have also agreed to adjust with each other you know to to sort of uh, uh, to acknowledge each other so then yes. what is happening therefore it's a story of of how with every map in the country for instance the first map of india was 1947 when india was still shown as a dominion uh, and and you had india and pakistan then in 1950 <clears throat> you had the first map of india which was when india became a republic the first ever hindi map of india came up in 1952 then you had the map of india in 1954 where the andhra state now the andhra state came up before andhra pradesh 
much later Andhra Pradesh came up. Then you had the States Reorganization Commission in 1956. Well, that was the last question that was posed to Sir. And he's been working hard at his book. Yes, I've seen his columns. Uh, his columns are coming out every week in the Millennium Post, or the online edition, in case you'd like to check them out. It is a really interesting, I think, analysis of the history of India through the geography of India, through the you know the politics of India, through the political maps, so to speak. So in case you're interested in that, you could, again, also just go to our own social media handles because we also share all of these articles as they come out. Lot of research, huh? I must say. Yes, lots of research, but uh, it's good because this is the sort of compiled research that may be difficult to find otherwise. You know, especially with these maps, a lot of these maps are so rare to find. So I think just for that reason alone, but many other reasons also, I think this is going to. Yeah, be he a- did mention. He did mention how inspired he was when he saw his dad. Yes, working with maps. Yeah, so. I really like uh, when people give glimpses into their childhoods. I feel yeah. like it's such an interesting way to understand who they are now, yeah. even if they're very different from how they describe their childhoods being. So that was really quite nice. And Nidhi, you did such a wonderful job of Thank interviewing you. him. Thank you.